Good day, everyone, and welcome to Different Stages Radio. I'm JJ, and this is a pretty big episode for myself. This was an idea I had a while back. Uh, I apologize, though, for those who were looking forward to maybe a Halloween edition. Never quite been my thing, Halloween, but the day following for the last 26 years has been extremely significant because November 1st happens to be the day that we celebrate the anniversary of Scrape Records. So for those listeners who are tuning in, whether it be Canada, America, worldwide, and always want to give a shout out to, uh, we got some solid listeners in France and Germany and Poland, Czech Republic, want to say hi to you. And I uh, want to let you know that if you don't know much about my background, I had an um, independent record store, hard rock, metal specialty store in Vancouver that opened November 1st, 1997. And I was... Um, it was very important to me to keep new music floating. And by that, I mean selling new product. I wasn't keen too much on um, recycling product or, you know, buying, selling, that sort of thing. It was about keeping the labels and the bands manufacturing and producing brand new product, which is still extremely important to me and hopefully um, very much important to you. So with that, because of um, really supporting the labels hard, supporting small upcoming bands, a lot of these bands that have now over the years become, you know, fairly large, but at the time were maybe a bit smaller and under the radar. A lot of those bands, I was fortunate enough to have come by Scrape Records to do autograph sessions and uh, meet and greets, that sort of thing. And then also on some occasions, it'd just be a nice surprise to have a member or two from a from a band to come by and say hi and maybe spend some money in the store. So that was always extremely flattering that, you know, it was an important stop for people locally and globally to stop by. Um, so it's nice in many ways. Like, yeah, it, it, it is sad. I know for a lot of people that the store is gone. That was my decision. As many of you know, the store was still doing great. I was just completely exhausted and, and it was time for a change. It was time to put that story aside and start a fresh one. And this is one of them right now is different stages radio. So this is going to probably turn into a two episode creation. So my idea behind this episode is I want to go through as much, if not all, and it's, I'm telling you, as fun as it is, it's also a lot of work and a lot of hours, which I'm getting thin on hours. I've got a few other endeavors that are soon to be happening that are quite exciting that I look forward to sharing with you once I can. They're close to being happening. It's just letting you know what I'm doing and how my days and weeks are filling up. So this one, as fun as it is to put together, it's a lot of work, but it's worth the work. And I hope I can uh, keep this rocking for you for a, for a good, should be a good solid two hours, if not more today. And then I think Next week, I'll either carry it on or I might do a, a maybe one more different episode in between and then bounce back um, to do the double header. So, as my brain goes nutso and I tend to get really involved with these things and think, well, what would be kind of a neat way to do this? So, what I thought is for those who know, there were two stores, not at the same time, but the original store I happened with opened that it was a much smaller shop. It was around for, um, just over 10 years, just cracked 10 years at the time. And, um, and then the following store after that was a little over eight years. And, uh, so my idea is, is to play, start with some of the bands that did signings at the first store 
along with some stories and anecdotes along the way. And then the next episode can be primarily bands that did signings at the second store. Now, here's the thing, is that many of these bands spoiled us numerous times. Like, in Flames hold the, holds the record. And, and, and here's the thing is, I'm going to probably be needing to rely on some of my classic scrape disciples to fill me in on some gaps that I've forgotten about because I, I don't think I've kept as good of a record, pun intended, as I should have. And also, there were times back in the day where I was all about making sure that everybody got their stuff signed and bands coming in, going out, that all of a sudden these things would wrap up. And I'm like, oh... I didn't even get a photo with a band or something signed. So I tried to make that a bit more of a, a thing as future signings went on just to have a nice little reference point and a keepsake from the bands. So yes, am I going to make some errors with certain timelines on this? Possibly, probably. So for those that are, you know, really intense about timelines, if I mess something up, please drop me a line. You can always email me too. You can, you can reach me on the socials. Different Stages Radio on, on Facebook and Instagram. You can also email info at differentstagesradio.com if you want to say, hey, JJ, you know, you kind of messed up on that. Or I'm also already like going, did I, am I going to forget someone? And that's the worst. It's like, no, no, no. So anyways, enough yapping. Let's do some music. So here we go. I'm going to start with the first significant massively large um in-store and there was some coverage for you know for people that are um you know british columbia based or even canada because this guy's known across canada and abroad he does he does have a fan base outside of canada but people that are in canada you know nardwar the human serviette he was supportive to scrape in the early years doing interviews for much music in the store and one band that he covered was this band, which is the biggest band at the time that we had, and still one of the biggest bands we ever had. They they would come by and do, um, they'd come by and shop on their own. They did two signings after that. They did a total of three, two at the original store, and, or was it even two at the second store? Four total, three or four. I need your help. So here we go. I'm yapping too much. So I'm going to plug through a bunch of songs, and then I'm going to give you some stories when... I have time. So here you go. We're going to start off today going back to Damnation in a Day when we had Cradle of Filth, when they're just taken off, like big time, signed to Sony. So here we go. Thanks to Sony Records at the time. They were very supportive to Scrape. So here we go. Cradle of Filth. This is big episode. All the bands that have done meet and greets and signings at Scrape. Hope you enjoy Cradle of Filth.
Okay, there. Welcome back to Different Stages Radio. No denying, there's you know a swift kick to the head for those those uh, first few tracks to get the scrape anniversary edition of Different Stages Radio off the ground. Going back to some of the earlier meet and greets that we had at the original location, uh, started that set with some Cradle of Filth, which was arguably the store's biggest initial um, meet and greet at the time. Cradle were just taken off. Uh, we were just um, the scrape was kind of catching its ground. And it was nice to have some support from Sony Music at the time that um, supported us and helped get Cradle of Filth to the store. Massive line around the block. It was great. Band was great. And from that point forward, uh, we built a nice um, relationship with Cradle of Filth. And it was so. I want to give some tidbits as we go through this um, thing, through this thing, through this scrape anniversary episode because there's it's just drawing back so many memories. So here's the thing, quick rundown, because there's so many stories, so many little anecdotes. But Cradle, first signing, went off just beautifully. Danny Filth bought tons of stuff. The band bought a lot of things. They just really enjoyed themselves, had a pleasant time. Next time they came to town was maybe a year or two later. And after that first signing, Danny said, you know, when we come back to town, we want to do another signing. And I'm like, yeah, totally, definitely, because that was awesome. 
But for those that remember, like myself, I was I was working the store, like I was there almost all the time. If I wasn't physically there, it was on my mind all the time. And Sundays were often my only kind of day to be away from the store. It was never necessarily a day off. I looked at it more as just kind of a day away and I needed that. You know, do some grocery shopping, spend some time with my wife and do a quick kind of semi-recharge if I could. But then that next time that they were coming to town happened to be on a Sunday. And I'm like, oh man, you know, I really want the guys to come back to the store. But my one day, I cherish my day. I need my day. I would really like my day. So I opted to pass on the signing and just went ahead with my normal routine. Well, little did I know, my great helper at the time, Dennis, he was working Sundays for me. And it was early afternoon that day. I get a call from him. And he's saying, um, JJ, uh, Danny Filth is here at the store right now. And I'm like, what are you saying? He's like, oh, he's here. And I think he was with um, Sarah Jezebel's diva. She was in the band at the time. He said, yeah, they're in the store and they're, they're wondering why they're not doing a signing today. And I'm like, no, no, no. Cradle's by the store. And yeah, he's like, they came by and they're wondering why they're not doing a signing today. And I said, oh, tell Danny I'm sorry. And the next time they come to town, no matter what, we will do a signing. So Danny ended up buying some stuff. And fast forward a couple of years later, when Cradle of Filth come back to town again, um, by this time the store had moved. I think it had moved. Losing my 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 uh, little bit of my timeline here. But anyways, regardless of whether the store moved or not, I know for sure that the next time they were going to do a signing, landed on a Sunday again. And I'm like, no. But I said I was going to do one no matter what, and I wanted to be true to my word. So we did a Sunday Cradle of Filth meet and greet. And once again, they were awesome and always good. And did a, another one a couple of years later again, because they were always great. So I can't say enough about Cradle of Filth, Danny Filth and crew, always pleasant, always a good time at the store. Um, and then I played some Zimmer's Hole. Those guys bunch of crazies as you know always kind of in and out of the store at times supporting to the store um you know with the with the strapping crossover and the devon crossover those people you know you fairly you see on a pretty regular basis and it was cool to have that as one of the earlier signings cryptopsy that was crazy well actually i should say cannibal cannibal was always good so again all these bands were great it was just kind of funny in many respects that it seemed often in a way not not say that it was this cut and dry but how more um accommodating sometimes or just or maybe it was just a surprise with when it came to these a lot of the death metal bands or the black metal bands that they were often some of the more pleasant and super cool guys but for the most part we had a had a really good uh, experience with all the bands like there was never any crazy crazy moments and that like i was saying earlier in the opening the fact that so many bands did multiple meet and greets I think says a lot, and I and I really take a lot of pride in and in, in that because I don't think bands would want to reappear if it was a terrible experience. So, um, anyways, Cryptopsy that was hilarious because we did this big contest thing. Uh, it was when Lord Worm was back in the band his, his um, time around, and uh, we had this worm eating contest. Try to do this story really quick because um, it it was 
pretty intense. Tried to get some worms, couldn't get any full-on worms, got supplied a bucket of mealworms. If you don't know what mealworms meal are, I wasn't really familiar at the time. They're basically, they kind of look like maggots almost. They're just these little, almost like look like little pieces of pasta almost. They're just, this is not appealing. Well, not, not that a regular worm would be appealing either. But anyways, so there's this deal where you have to eat some worms. And you could win the tickets to the show. You could win the discography. But this one guy, I'll, I'll, I'll leave his name out, but this one guy was set on wanting to win the whole thing. He's just not letting up. We're getting to the point where people are bowing out from, from doing these worms. It got to the point where people are doing shots. We're putting these mealworms in shot glasses. And then furthermore, putting a little bit of vodka in these. And then you see these worms just kind of shake and shrivel up. It was just nasty. This guy takes it even one step further because he wants to win. He starts snorting these mealworms. Lord Worm is like even looking at, at the customers going, this, this is crazy. This is even a little too much for him. Anyways, the guy who ended up snorting the worms, he won the thing. Okay, that's great. You won. Okay. I hear about a month and a bit later because he suddenly was out of commission for a while. Speed up the story. This guy, for about a month, wasn't able to poop. Yes, he could not poop. He could not poop. Why could he not poop? Because a bunch of those mealworms were still in his system and were still living and were living off of his poop. I know. So, he had to go in to, I don't know if it was emergency, but, you know, go see a doctor and, and had something to, you know, kill these worms. Yeah, pretty nasty. But it makes for a story, okay? It makes for a story. So I'm going to keep the show going because there's so many stories. I can fill just a couple hours of stories. And sorry if I'm rushing these stories. If, if you know, you want more anecdotes, you're, you're wanting more clarity, let me know. Um, I'll do my best to give you more info. So I'm going to bump ahead to another one of my favorite bands that I always enjoyed having at the store. Um, I'm talking about In Flames. So I'm going to run through some Inflames and some other um, Swedish stuff here, do a blast of that and give you some uh, stories after that. Like I said, what I'm trying to do too with this show, keep this in mind. So this isn't just bands that played at Scrape, or sorry, well, some played in Scrape, a lot of them did meet and greets too. But I'm also, because I geek out on these things, is I'm playing you the songs that they would have been touring and supporting at the time they did those meet and greets, just to add that added little value in there. So each song you're hearing um, is from that kind of, that tour cycle. So for those who want complete track listings, and I like to know these things too, so you can go to differentstagesradio.com, go to the episode archives, click on the episode that you're looking for, and you'll see a full list, full track listing of all the bands, all the songs, and all the albums they come from with order links so you can purchase stuff and support different stages radio. So here we go with the Scrape Records Anniversary Edition, 26th anniversary of Scrape. Here's some in flames.
much better now when everything is
As we keep rolling on different stages radio, Scrape Records Anniversary Edition episode thing, which will likely be a part two episode, two-parter. This one's focusing more on the bands that were at the first location, and then I'll switch it up with bands um, on a second episode from the second location. But there might be a little bit of crossover here as well, um, just to even it out a bit. But anyways, there was a big chunk of Sweden there. Uh, did some Inflames, who I always enjoyed having at the shop. Soil work, that was good. Those last three, The Haunted, Scar Symmetry, and Dark Tranquility were all at the store at the same time. Along with one other band that's going to start this next set. Yeah, four bands, if you remember the original location, it was pretty, pretty small. Actually, it turned out the, um, the band I'm about to play came with um, The Haunted and Scar Symmetry. Dark Tranquility missed the initial ride and we had to pick them up separately afterwards and they came back on their own. But still, nonetheless... Four bands at the store in one day was pretty insane. So that was, yeah, that was a lot. So here we go. Here's the fourth band. Good Canadian kids. Here's some Into Eternity on Different Stages Radio. Yeah. 
constant and sharp, and I do not hope for a better world for anyone. In fact, I want my pain to be inflicted on others.
Welcome back to Different Stages Radio. There is a big blast of stuff going through again. This is the Scrape Records Anniversary Edition where we're playing, I'm playing, nothing but bands that have done meet and greets. And there will be a couple that have just done some random appearances at Scrape throughout the years. So through that set, you had some Into Eternity started that set, which was one of the bands that was with the three other bands in the previous set. There was Into Eternity, Dark Tranquility, Scar Symmetry, and The Haunted all did an autograph session at the original Scrape location back in the day. Uh, followed Into Eternity up with Lamb of God. Little did we know how big of a deal Lamb of God was going to be. That um, They were in the store for the first time doing an autograph session on the Ashes of the Wake tour. And it was pretty cool that they included some of their um, foot. They, they did some recording in the store, some video that they included on their Philadelphia DVD, which was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, didn't, didn't know that until after the fact. So that was kind of nice. So if you're looking for that, or if you have that in your collection, Lamb of God, Philadelphia, and then, uh, some Slayer slid some Slayer in there. That kind of goes into the appearances thing. No, we didn't have Slayer by for a signing, but when, uh, Slayer was in Vancouver doing recording for the God hates us all album, there was one day where Jeff Hanneman made an appearance at the store and was looking around for a bit and that was that but you know it's kind of kind of cool that you know jeff hanneman just made a random walk by the store so threw in some slayer there uh some children of bodum had them by both um actually yeah by both locations the original and the new one or the last one um so played some children for you um some arch enemy had a kind of i would say the the lineup with angela and chris you know, the, it was during Rise of the Tyrant, which I really liked that album a lot. So it was on that tour cycle that they came by the store. They also played our 10th anniversary show, which was a big deal at the time, with Infernal Majesty and Sind and Soul Scar at the Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver. That was a big deal. And it was at that time that we announced that we were moving locations, blah, blah, blah. So that was a really big time. So Arch Enemy were super cool. Angela was awesome. Give a really nice shout out to me at the sh at the show, which was really really cool, and uh, yeah, so plugged through a lot there, and uh, wrapped up with some Amon and Marth. For those keeping uh, track of trivia and so forth, they were the last band to do a signing at the original location. Just um, was like two three weeks before we moved. It was like yeah, about three weeks before we moved at the end of um, December. It was kind of just over the um, New Year's, just before, um, it's like around the, pretty much moved almost in like a day or two. The store was barely even closed. The store, I think, was closed for maybe two days. Just crazy um, between moves. So, yeah, Amon and Marth did a signing. That would have been December 2007, and we were open in the new location on January 2nd of 2008. There's trivia for you. So going to plow through another set because like I keep saying, the stories are endless. want to remind you too on an off note here quickly, uh, tons of contests going on on differentstagesradio.com. Go look at the contests. There are a plenty and I'm going to be throwing some more up very soon. So if I haven't mentioned it right now, go look. You're going to find other things. I'm going to throw some up as soon as I have a chance. Um, to get to that, because I do have other things that I want to announce contest-wise, but coming up on November 7th, show, this is a big one to remember, Suicide Silence and Chelsea Grin 
at the Rickshaw Theater. We got tickets to give away, so go check that out. Suicide Silence, Chelsea Grin at the Rickshaw in Vancouver, November 7th. Also, Catatonia with Ghost, Ghost, G-O-S-T band playing in um, Vancouver on November 25th at the Rickshaw Theater. We have tickets to give away to that. And then looking ahead, we're going to be giving tickets away to Machine Head with Fear Factory in January. We're also going to be giving away tickets to, haven't posted this one yet, but th there's going to be a proper um, contest entry form soon for uh, both Steel Panther shows, also for Chelsea Wolf in March, and um, got a couple other soon. Well, we yeah, we um, Baroness coming up on November fourth. Lots going on, so go check out differentstagesradio.com to win some tickets because you want to win. I'm sure you do. So here we go. Keep moving with. Um, Th these two bands played together once in Vancouver. I know they're close, as in quite friendly with each other. And yeah, it was. Uh, this was a, a surprise against. Only only had them the one time at the original location. This band, but the band that's going to come up after them recorded their live DVD at the Commodore and spent plenty of time at Scrape. You know who we're talking about. So I'm going to start this uh, set off with some. From Sweden, we're back to Sweden. Here's some Mashuga on Different Stages Radio.
Welcome back to Different Stages Radio, Scrape Records 26th Anniversary Edition, featuring bands that have done meet and greets and appearances at Scrape throughout the years. This will be episode one of two. This episode concentrating more on the bands and people that have made appearances at the original Scrape location. That would be between late 97, 1997, and late 2007. Lots of things that we've gone through. So I will do a part two that will feature more bands that did appearances and meet and greets at Scrape, as well as some bands that have done multiple appearances. So look out for episode two of this that should be appearing probably the week after this, if I have time to put it together, or maybe the week following. But it's it's imminent, so keep your eyes peeled for that. So quick rundown of bands you heard here. Lots of stuff. You heard, we started with some uh, Meshuggah, went into some Strapping, Young lad, that is. Some Devin Townsend, Infinity. Um, I wanted to play, as I keep getting just memories, Strapping did a number of signings. Like one of my earlier ones, I remember doing one with um, them on City when I was still working at HMV. So, you know, that's how far those signings go back. But we did one for the self-titled and Alien and New Black at Scrape. And I remember it was it was during, um, I think it was during Alien or was it the self-titled? I think it was the self-titled. Devin saying, yeah, after I'm done this signing, I'm, I'm going to be going to do um, a photo shoot and they're going to be taking pictures of me naked. And I th- thought he was just kind of being funny because that's how Devin is. And of course, you know, little did we know at the time that that's what was going to end up being the cover of the Infinity album. And Devin had done number uh, numerous um, signings at the store as a solo artist, also did a a midnight sale with him during the um, ghost uh, time. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, just just crazy memories. Yeah, Ghost and Deconstruction did a double midnight sale for that. Devin also did an acoustic set in the store one time at the second location. So we still got a lot of Devin to get to, which we will in the next episode. Um, also in there was some Dragon Force. That was a weird one. Didn't technically have Dragon Force at the store. So I kind of cheated on that. But what happened with that was, is that we were really close to getting them at the store on the very first album, just as they were exploding. Guitar Hero was the big deal. Um, you know, Herman Lee was on fire. Still is, of course. But yeah, Dragon Force was just exploding. And there wasn't, they just didn't have the chance or the time to squeeze in a visit. But what they said is, if I wanted to set up a table at the show um afterwards they would come to the table i could sell product there and they would do you know meet and greet session there and sign some autographs so indirectly it's it was a bit of a unique experience that's kind of the only time i've done that i can recall doing something quite like that but nonetheless it was still scrape related and um, it was geared more towards the customers after that played some iced earth who did um meet and greets at both locations this particular time was when Stu Block was fronting the band. Um, in next um, part two episode, we'll cover the era because we had Matt Barlow version Ice Earth at the second store, so we'll touch on that. You heard some Evergrey in there. Evergrey was actually with Children of Bodom the first time I had those bands together at the store at the same time, going back you know, many years with those bands. Primal Fear you heard in there. That was an interesting one because they were doing some um, recording in Vancouver at the time. And um, there was a chance to have them come by to do a meet and greet, hang out at the store, which was cool. 
And then we did a preview of their album at a local club and the band hung out and there was some food and beverages and so forth. So it was cool to have um, Primal Fear down at the store for that. Also at the time, Randy Black spent a lot of time in Vancouver, you know, Edmonton and so forth, but he was in the band at the time and it was cool to have him at the store. So shout out to Randy, other local heroes, or we're kind of based here now, not originally, but they're Kick Axe or Vancouver guys. Um, when they were released their four album, they were doing some promo at the store. They made a couple visits by. We we're selling tickets for them for their show, et cetera, et cetera. Have a very good relationship with, with uh, Kick Axe, so played some of that. And then that set was a big deal wrap up there. So here we go. I know I'm going really fast because there's so much stuff and I'm running low on time. So you heard some Queensryche. This was so big for me. So those who know Queensryche, my, my number, number two band of all time. So when there was a former customer, friend, acquaintance, he said, hey, you know, I'm kind of buds with Eddie Jackson. You want, I could bring him by the store. And I'm like, no, you can't. And little did I know, it was only a couple weeks later, maybe. And he's like, "I've." he calls, he says, you at the store? I'm like, yeah. He says, I got Ed with me. We're coming by. I'm like, no way. So yes, Queensryche did not do a meet and greet at the store, but the fact that Eddie Jackson was uh, personally brought to the store to hang and he bought some stuff. I remember he bought a copy of Black Sabbath Born Again. I'm sure some of you will appreciate that. And uh, even though I had met him, you know, at some Queensryche meet and greets prior, it seemed from, it was kind of that point forward that him and I have have developed a, a friendship. I, I call it that. I think he does as well because we've messaged each other numerous times uh, throughout the years. Pretty much see him every time I go see a show to him. He's been courteous enough to give me advanced copies of of, of albums and, and we've had some listening experiences through the past. Now, uh, I guess it's kind of 25 years. I guess when he was by the store, it was around 90 late 98, around that time. They're recording, um, they're just wrapping up the Q2K album, which I think is a very overlooked album. I know some of you are like, hey, that stuff isn't good. No, go revisit it. It's it's a pretty strong album. Yeah, there's some whatever stuff on it, but there is some really good stuff. And what was cool with the track I played you there, a live version of Sacred Ground from Q2K, happened to be from a fan club only show that yours truly was at. So there's an added connection to that. Have I blown your mind? Are you tired of listening listening to me yet? Because I'm pretty tired of listening to myself. Stories are endless. I'm going to give you one last one now, and then I'm going to play you one more track to wrap this part one of the Scrape Records 26th anniversary meet and greet band appearance session show thing with part two to follow with lots more stuff. So my story is about this. And what I'm going to tell you, th this just, because of technology, technology ruins ruins everything, I'm convinced. And it ruined the chances of something like this ever happening again. Have you heard of a band called Opeth? I'm, I think you have. It was the Deliverance Damnation time. They were playing in Vancouver. Um, Martin Mendez was having... A hard time with touring and so forth you know the kick-ass drummer but yeah he just wasn't into that thing he he was not wanting to do tours which led into during the ghost reveries run where 
he's 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 done with the band because he just he, that seemed to be part of the the deal. I don't know the whole story there, but nonetheless, they were basically drummerless at that point. So the plan was when they were going to be playing uh, in Vancouver during the Deliverance Damnation time, they're going to do a, an, a, an acoustic portion thing at the Commodore. Um, and Gene Hoagland, who I'm sure most of you know from Strapping, from Testament, from Death Clock, from Death, from, you know, Dark Angel, from a million things, he was approached by Michael Ackerfeld to come play drums on some tracks live. Because, you know, Gene can do these things because, you know, Opeth is not necessarily, you know, the, the most easy thing, I think, for even the most seasoned drummer to learn quickly because there's so much going on. But Gene being Gene, he needed to learn some of these tracks. So I'm at the shop one day and all of a sudden, because I had, I had a, you know, relationship with, with Gene, Gene, good dude. He walks in the store with said Michael Ackerfeld. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? I was like, oh, hey, Gene, what's going on? He's like, oh, hey, I'm going to be playing with Opeth tomorrow. or might have, I think it was the next day. I don't think it was that night. We'll, we'll say it's the next day. I know it wasn't the week after. It was within 24 hours. I'm going to be playing with Opeth. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, I need to learn some of the songs. Do you have copies of Deliverance and Damnation in stock? I need to pick copies up to learn. I'm like, yeah, I've got copies in stock. So that's why I say these things can't happen anymore because, you know, you need an album. You just go online, done. You know, you don't need to go to a store. But at that time, you kind of did. So it's like, yeah, they're picking up copies for of those albums for Gene to learn a few tracks to play. Like I said, we'll say it was the next day. I'm like, this is just crazy. So Ackerfeld's there and just kind of go, oh, hey, how you doing? So I just happened, had just conveniently happened to have a copy of original press. Well, it was the only press at the time of uh, Damnation on Vinyl under the counter. So I'm like, hey, Michael, you mind signing a copy for me? And he's like, yeah, no problem. So he, he signed that. They bought their albums and then went and saw the show the next day. And Gene just killed it as Gene does. Ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. So it was kind of neat to play a part in uh, Gene learning those tracks for the show the next day. Because I kind of wonder, it's like, well, what if he couldn't find any hard copies to uh, learn that album or learn a few songs that quickly? Would there have been a show? I don't know. But there was a show, and I think it's a great story, and it's cool to be a part of that. And I would like to think that experiences like that with Ackerfelt led into Opeth doing... Um, three signings at the store over the years and, you know, wearing scrape merch at their shows and always being very supportive to the store. Um, so that's, that's very, very cool. So always, always a huge heart for the, as I call them, the path. So I'm going to wrap up this edition of the scrape records, 26 anniversary meet and greet special extravaganza thing with some Opeth going back to the title track from deliverance. This is deliverance. I'm JJ. This is different stages radio. Stay tuned for part two of the scrape records anniversary edition. Bye-bye.